0: Hey there. This is episode 100 of Feel the Boot, and I've been struggling for months to come up with a good topic for such a milestone episode. It was really struggling. I didn't have any great ideas. And then, several weeks ago, I had a heart attack. And while I was lying on the operating table and they were inserting some new hardware into my heart, which they do under local anesthesia, I had a bunch of time to sit and have profound thoughts like you do at moments like that. And I realized suddenly what I wanted to talk about for this particular episode. Really, that experience inspired three thoughts that I wanted to share with you. The first is around recognizing when something like a heart attack is going to happen or indeed is happening now to your startup and what you need to be doing to take care of that, because as with biological heart attacks, immediate action is critical. Second, I wanted to talk about priorities. While I was sitting there, I had a lot of time to think about what were the things that mattered to me now, what mattered to me when I was building my company, and how I think we all need to be more mindful about the way we spend the time we have. And finally, I thought I'd do a quick public service announcement and talk about some of the early warning signs for heart attacks and strokes in real human beings so that you can avoid this because For me, this came out of the blue. I had no warning signs. It was completely unexpected. I'm otherwise in really good shape. And so being aware of those signs is the key to getting the quick treatment that you need to survive and thrive going forward. Welcome to Feel the Boot, the science of startups. I'm your host and titular boot, Lance Cottrell, and I'm here to help you along your startup journey, to climb that vertical learning curve that you're going to encounter as you start your business. I know what it's like. I've been there myself and I've helped countless other founders along their journeys. If you have thoughts on the kind of episodes you'd like to see me do over the next hundred episodes or topics you'd like to see me cover, please let me know down in the comments. I'm always looking for good suggestions. First, Let's look at how to handle a situation where your startup is in imminent risk of or indeed in the middle of a corporate heart attack. Now, heart attacks are caused by a lack of oxygen flowing to the heart muscle. The heart blood of your business is money, and running out of money is the number one source of death for startups. So it's critical to be looking for early warning signs. And you can know that this is coming when you see things like your runway starting to get shorter and shorter. You're trying to do fundraising, but it's taking longer than expected. You're not getting any real interest from people. Maybe your sales are lagging. They might be doing okay, but they're not growing. And in general, your expenses are exceeding your income. Your cash flow negative, but you don't have new investors coming in to allow you to continue to ride that burn on an ongoing basis. These are all signs that your company may be becoming sclerotic, right? That money flow is starting to constrict. And if it constricts too far, real damage is going to start happening. And you want to do something about this before you start having uh, severe pains in your financials. Left untreated, these signs can lead to imminent disaster. So it's critical to be taking early action to make sure that you can get your business back on its feet and going in the right direction before you do irreparable damage to the business from a structural perspective or from a reputational perspective. So the key is to stay alert for these kinds of warning signs. When you go to the doctor, they're checking your blood pressure. They're checking your cholesterol. They're maybe giving you an EKG. Your business needs the same thing. Those typically are your KPIs. What are the core numbers that indicate the health of your business? And this does vary depending on the kind of business you have and what model you have. But you want to be looking for situations where your assumptions aren't being met your financial projections are showing growth, but they assume certain things about customer acquisition costs, churn rates, all sorts of key factors that govern the health of your business. As soon as you see those numbers being violated, right when your assumptions aren't holding up, you need to immediately say, is this putting my business in danger right Rework those models and look to see whether this shows some impending catastrophe or whether No, your numbers are wrong, but maybe you just grow a little more slowly than you expected. But digging into that can tell you what you need to do, whether and what kinds of actions you need to be taking. So then, what is the business equivalent of eating right and exercising more? Well, it's focusing on the fundamentals of your business, really paying attention to profitability, when you're having these kinds of problems, you can't play the usual startup.com boom time kind of games where it's all about maybe growth in user numbers at any cost. When things are getting rough, eating your broccoli means being focused on things that return quickly. Every investment you make needs to have that immediate ROI. Without that, you may be starting to get into the really bitter greens of dealing with large scale layoffs or other radical restructurings. So with my startup, Anonymizer, back in 2000, we knew that we were in an economically precarious place, right? But this was during a boom time, but the good times were starting to end. Fortunately, we had an investor lined up who was going to put a couple million dollars into the company, and we had a company that was interested in acquiring us, and we were in the midst of due diligence. So we thought we could survive a burn rate that was not sustainable, at least for a short while. However, this being 2000, the acquisition fell apart and all of the investment dried up, and there was no pros- prospect of new investment coming. Right? this There were not going to be any people riding over the horizon. The cavalry was not coming. No one was writing new checks at this point. So, we realized that we immediately needed to change course and get onto a level glide slope, achieve break-even as quickly as possible. And at this point, we were not out of money, but that was not too far in our future. So, immediately we refocused around short-term returns. We are at this point a consumer business, so we had subscription revenues. We cut off all R&D. We stopped building new versions of the product and focused on bug fixes. We looked closely at anything that could improve retention, reduce churn, bring in more revenue earlier. Right? We started pushing for annual subscriptions so we could get more cash immediately. We'd start The renewal process, maybe a week or two earlier, anything to generate a little more cash. Because at times like this, cash is king. In fact, the C-suite skipped some paychecks there so that we could make sure that we could keep all of our other key people on board. And key people is the key phrase. We ended up doing some layoffs. We got very hard-headed about what were the people that were critical to the survival of the company and anyone who wasn't, even if they were good employees, we unfortunately had to let go because there was just no room in the budget for keeping the kind of staff that we'd built up to. And with that kind of hard-to-take actions, we were able to get the company back to a break-even footing where we stayed for like 18 months before we could climb out of it. So it was a long time, and I've talked about that in another episode. But this early immediate action, recognizing the threat and not waiting for things to get worse, allowed us to keep the company largely intact without taking sort of radical drastic action that we might have otherwise had to do. And those radical actions you might think of as being like a coronary bypass, right? When things get sufficiently bad, you need to crack the chest open and find other ways of keeping that heart pumping no matter where you get that blood from. And so that might mean radical restructuring of the company. A company I've been working with for a while ended up in exactly this position. Things were getting rougher and rougher, but it kept looking like there was opportunity right around the corner and that if they could just stick it out a little bit longer, things would get better. Of course, things being what they are, they didn't get better. And they ended up right at that wall. And at the end of the day, they had to lay off literally everyone. They took the entire company down to just the founder team who couldn't even pay themselves. They had to go out and get side gigs to be able to keep working on their company. They believed in the business. They believed in the direction they were going. And they're now well along towards climbing back out of that pit of despair. But because things waited so long, there was no smooth, measured, sort of reasonable actions that they could take. The only choices they had were to take their burn to zero immediately. And that disassembled the entire company that they'd built. They still had their intellectual property, but basically everything else went out the door, and they'd been rebuilding almost from scratch. The other thing I had a lot of time to think about while I was lying on that table was how I'm spending the time that I have, because in those moments, you begin to realize that time is not this infinite plane extending out from you, but is a very finite resource. Am I spending my time doing the things that I care about, that I have passion for? Am I having the highest impact I could have? And do the things I do are the ways I spend my hours in alignment with my goals? And do I even care about those goals? Because I think that's one of the kickers, is we often end up with goals and objectives that we've set out. The business is gonna turn into this, we're gonna get VC, we're gonna have this kind of exit, we're gonna be a multi-billion dollar corporation and revolutionize the world. But I think in many cases, These are goals that we have effectively inherited from society. It's what you think you should want from watching Shark Tank or listening to the news, watching any kind of financial reports or interviews with successful executives. The implied message is that this is what you should want. And I think it's really important to question that. Do you want to be the head of a big company? Do you want to have thousands of direct reports? Do you want to be the boss? Or maybe what you care about is some outcome. You wish something to come into existence in the world. Well, there are other ways of ensuring that vision comes to pass, that this thing exists in the universe, other than creating a startup. It's one of the ways of doing it, but it's not your only choice. Or maybe you care more about money. Right? You want to become wealthy from that kind of massive exit. Well, quite frankly, there are a lot of easier and lower risk ways of achieving substantial wealth than doing a startup. Right? If you do a startup to get rich, the odds are you actually end up poor because most startups don't work. right? This is not a great strategy. So why are you in it? What is it that makes you get up, work your ass off for a low probability of significant payoff every day? And is that really what you want? spend some time. Really, it's the holidays for me right now. Spend some time thinking about that, because it matters. And it will really be the difference between whether you have the fortitude to survive the dark times that you're going to run into, everyone does, and come out the other side. Whereas if this is not really your passion, if this is not tied to your core beliefs, the odds are you'll walk away when, if you'd stuck it out, maybe you could have survived. So I've been spending a lot of time thinking about that myself. I don't yet know exactly how it's going to alter Feel the Boot and the kind of episodes we produce and the schedule and the advising I do. But certainly none of those I think are going to change radically. I am pretty much in my happy place now delivering this kind of content and working with founders one on one. And finally, I want to do a quick public service announcement because, as I said, I was not expecting to have a heart attack. I'm in good shape. I'm healthy, good body weight, good diet, don't have any family history of this. No previous tests had indicated any cardio issues for me. So when this happened, it came out of the blue and I was very lucky. This was not a Widowmaker kind of heart attack that had massive, massive impacts on me. And it wasn't something so subtle that I ignored it. The symptoms were pretty clear, but I wanted to share them with you because even if you think you are low risk, you should pay attention. I'm also going to talk about stroke because one of the people who used to work for me a couple of years ago had a significant stroke. And again, completely out of the blue for them, no expectations. And those are two things that can be life-changing in a big hurry if you don't recognize them early and take action, just like the same thing in your business. Unfortunately, being a founder contains many of the triggers that can cause heart attack and stroke. We tend not to have the best lifestyle. To start with, we're living under continuous, massive stress, which is not good for your systems. Often you're not getting good sleep, which is very important to good health. You may not be getting physical exercise because you're spending all of your time in front of a computer at your desk. You may not be eating well. I know lots of founders who are eating cheap crap at whatever times they can fit it in because they don't have money and they don't have time. But none of these are necessarily good for your body. So the first thing, just like with your business, pay attention to your personal KPIs. Make sure that you're doing preventative work on your body, getting tests, cholesterol, stress tests, all those things, because if these things can be caught early, they can be cured with medicines that will prevent further attacks. Whereas if you have a heart attack, that's doing damage either to your heart or with a stroke to your brain. And that damage tends to be permanent. You don't want that, so try to cut it off at the, at the bend. But if you're having the symptoms, here are the things to be looking for. The first and best known symptom of a heart attack is chest pain. Chest pain in your chest and also often radiating down your left arm. I had that, but it didn't feel like I expected. So you may have a picture in your head of what a heart attack is going to feel like, but apparently it is very idiosyncratic. It felt to me like someone was jamming a thumb into one of the nerve clusters in my armpit, and then I had kind of a nerve pain running down my arm. And there was a little bit of associated chest pain as well, but not as much as I might have expected. So anything, with chest pain, particularly if it radiates, definitely a sign of potential trouble. Pain or discomfort that spreads to the shoulder, arm, back, neck, jaw, teeth, or sometimes upper belly. Right, so this is a really broad list of things that you need to be looking out for. It's not necessarily always just that classic symptom. Cold sweats. This was a huge one for me. I got drenched in sweat. When the heart attack was happening. It doesn't happen to everyone, but if you suddenly out of the blue feel yourself in drop sweats, often accompanied by nausea and dizziness, those are real signs that there may be something serious going on. Fatigue, heartburn, dizziness all can also be signs of some kind of cardiac event. Other common symptoms are nausea and shortness of breath, and unfortunately, women have an even less specific set of symptoms where they have things like brief or sharp pain in the neck, arm, or back. But the key is when you feel symptoms coming on of any of these sorts. Don't wait for them to go away. And even if they do go away, that's not necessarily a sign that you're out of the woods. These things often come in waves and damage is being done from the very beginning. As my doctors told me, time is muscle when it comes to a heart attack. The longer the heart is deprived of oxygen, the more muscle literally dies and it doesn't come back. So acting quickly is critical. Remember, the downside of going to the hospital, especially if you've got insurance, is largely inconvenience. You spend several hours, they do some tests, and it turns out that you're fine. Whereas the downside of not taking action is heart muscle death or your death. And those are much worse. I suggest taking the inconvenience. Similarly, stroke needs to be handled right away. So let's look real quick at the common symptoms for stroke. They are, Sudden numbness, weakness in the face, arm, or leg, especially on just one side of the body. Sudden confusion, trouble speaking, or difficulty understanding speech. Sudden trouble seeing in one or both eyes. Sudden trouble walking, dizziness, loss of balance, or lack of coordination. Sudden severe headache without any obvious cause. If you're getting any of those, that's a real sign you might be having a stroke. And if that's happening, you should ask someone to give you a test. If you see this happening to someone else, you should give them some very quick tests, and it's called the fast test. What you're looking for is the face. So, smile or ask the person to smile and look to see if it's unequal. Does one side of the face droop or not react in the same way as the others? The arms, ask the person to raise both arms. Does one drift downward? Are they moving in the same way? Any sign of lack of symmetry in those behaviors indicates the potential for a stroke. Speech. Ask the person to repeat a simple phrase and listen to see if the speech is slurred or strange in any way. And the T in FAST is for time. Time matters. If you think the person may be having a stroke, even if it's just potentially a little mini stroke if it recovers quickly, don't hesitate. Get in there. Most of the best treatments for stroke are only effective if they're delivered within three hours of the incident. Thanks for joining me and supporting me over this hundred episodes so far in Feel the Boot, and I hope you'll stick with me for the next hundred. I've got ideas for a lot of them, but I'm always looking for what you need out of this channel, so please do let me know what kinds of episodes and what topics you'd like to see me address. One thing I know that's not going to change is one-on-one interactions with founders like you, so I encourage you, if you've got questions or problems that you need help solving, go over to feeltheboot.com advising and get on my calendar. I'd be more than happy to talk with you and help you through whatever issues you're facing. And until next time, in Episode 101, Ciao.